Alors, hello, he's Michael. And Sebastian. We're in the band Impure Wilhelmina, and you're listening to the Brutally Delicious podcast with Bruce Moore. All right, great. Hey, so thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. What's the uh, what's life like in Switzerland, or what did you say, Switzerland, right? Yes. Yeah. What's life like in Switzerland these days? Ah, uh, these days, uh, oh, it's okay. Um, the restaurants are still closed. You is know, it? not everything is open, but it's it start to come back again to normality. Is it maybe starting to get better? Summer, okay. Yeah, it will get yeah. better until summer. Maybe. Are you allowed out? We got it. Hmm? Are you allowed to go out and about, or are you kind of still quarantined? No, 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 no quarantine. We are not in quarantine. We are free to go outside, meet people. There is a maximum of people we can meet, but we can go outside and have social activity. Michael is the founder of the band. So a lot of people, the band change a lot. A lot of people playing the band change a lot. But Michael is the main man. He's the founder. This is him. It's his band. His band. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so the the actual uh, lineup is an eight years old lineup, mm-hmm. which is the longer lineup <laughs> existing for Impure Philharmonia. That's yeah. the longest one, which is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice. Did you ever imagine you'd still be doing uh, Impure Wilhelmina for all these years? Uh, no, I never imagined that. Uh, when I started, when I was very young, and uh, I said, "Okay, we'll do some, we'll do a band." And let's see uh, where it goes. But I never, I never thought that uh, 25 years later I would still be there and making albums. Never thought, never thought. Of this. It's, it's pretty amazing, especially in the, <laughs> especially in the culture we live in, where things come and go. To find somebody who's still yeah. doing the same thing for that long and you know relatively successfully, it's pretty cool. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the new record antidote, I guess it came out last week, right Friday. Yeah. Now that it's Probably, out. Yeah. How do you feel about it? Are you satisfied with the outcome? And is there anything you wish you could go back and change with it after listening to it? So uh, I think you are satisfied. Uh, we're quite proud of it. And uh, of course, there is something we could do better if we, if we think very deeply in the, in the songs and so on. But no, we are quite really, uh, really happy with that. And uh, the feedback are really great. Until now, the reviews we read and so on, it's really amazing. So we're happy, you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> and it's a, it's a two years process, you know. It's so long. When you start the process, you cannot imagine how, it can, how you're going to feel afterward. But you know that you're going to feel good. And I must say, I feel much better than good that this, this CDs and this album is out. It's very a great satisfaction for all four of us. So the, the first thing I noticed, and I mean, I know your bio says it as well, but listening to the record, it's very emotional. And I'm sure that's what you guys set out to do. Do you feel that, it's a two-part question as well, do you feel that it's uh, super cathartic putting that kind of thing out, first of all? And second of all, have you had any stories of how it's connected with your fans? So, uh, yeah, you're right, uh... A lot of people say it's very emotional, and it's the case because uh, I'm the main writer of the, the band. I, I write the lyrics, the riff, the music, almost everything in the song. And uh, so 
and I try always try to be very connected with myself when I when I compose music to be to be sure that it is really my emotion that I express. And all the process of the record that started two years ago, we we, we may it, it it lasts two years until we have the this, the record the, the, the release. So for me, the the what I wanted to do is my the feelings I had at the beginning, how to let them go through all the process through all the process until the end until we hear the music, and that's the the. The main part I really have to take care of, you know. That's and uh, and I'm quite satisfied because, for example, the other day we had a, a message from a guy. He said, "Hey, I'm suffering of social anxiety," and uh, he wanted to say thank you to us because uh, he said, oh, "Your your music it helps me a lot." So that that means, um, yeah, it's uh, it's all right. It's uh, it's what we try to do. Finally, we try maybe to help people with our music. It's, it's good if you can do that. It's got to be quite a feeling, though, right? Knowing that somewhere, something you wrote in your basement or your studio, wherever you are in Switzerland, connects with somebody in the United States listening in their car or, I mean, and you connect on a level that is deep. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's amazing. And that's yeah. the, that's the, all, uh, what music is about. In fact, you have to connect with people that are, through the music, that's very really nice. If we can, if we manage to do this, uh, it's a great satisfaction for us, of course. Yeah. And you guys started writing before the pandemic, so how did? Yeah. How did the songs change, or did they change at all when everything mm. hit? No, because we, we recorded uh, the main song for the, the 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 drums, the bass, the the guitar, the basic guitar, just before the lockdown, before the confinement in Switzerland. So it was in February 2020. So we, we already heard about this pandemic, but it was not a, a big thing. It started to be really uh, important just after we recorded it. So And then we did, we did the, the voice, the vocals, and all, some additional guitars later in May, June, something like this. So of course we had, a, we only was talking about this uh, the situation, but the, the songs were already done. At this point, gotcha. So it, it didn't have some influence on the songs. Mm-hmm. There was some fine fine tuning, fine pimping of the song with some post-production keyboards or things like that that were inspired by our sounds engineering engineer, which name is Ivan Bing. We call him Bingo Star, <laughs> so we say hi to Bingo Star. Nice, we love him. <laughs> and, uh, he is a sounds engineer. Uh, but he's also a producer. He took he took this role as a producer very uh, uh, very intensely. He proposed us a lot of things. Some things were all things were good, I must say. But some things were not uh, connect sufficiently connected with the emotion felt by by Michael. So we chose some of their. Um, uh, input from the Bingo Star, some we didn't. That's what happened in post-production. Right. Well, and I must say, in the in the in, the, in so Michael bring all the material, the musical material, and the lyrics, and all the stuff, and we, the other guys in the band, we are discussing it with, with that with him, mm-hmm. and we make proposition, and sometimes we getting too far away from what was the 
the, the first the, the genius inspiration. Right. And Marco yes, is here yes. to say, okay, guys, stop. Let's start it over because I think we're missing something here. Right. So he, he knows what he wants. We help him to get it. Um, that's it. That's mm-hmm. how it goes. All right. So on top of, I think on top of the music being emotional, it's really dark as well. I mean, there's, there's lots of darkness in it, which I see you're smiling. So I know that was the game plan. But <laughs> is there something you want your fans to walk away with after listening to uh, an Impure Wilhelmina record or this record, The Antidote, particularly? Yeah, you know, uh, I'm listening to dark, to dark music. I mean, metal, uh, gothic, and so on. I mean, since I am very young, so it's really the music I like, you know. So, so some melancholic, some sad stuff, the sadness and the darkness. That's what I like in music in general, and um, so that's and that's what I express in my music, of course. Because uh, and um, I think it, it is something cathartic, of course, and yeah. to to do that and and um, but you know so. I'd like to say uh, all my dark, my dark personality. Uh, I try to put it in the music, but beside that, I try to be uh, nice and positive in the daily life. You know, right? I, everything dark in the music and the other stuff. In Just the get daily it all life. out and <laughs> then go back to living life. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, maybe it's a it's a way to to go to, to deal with it. Yeah. Speaking of cathartic music, when you're listening to very sad music and you are sad yourself, well, it just it's very basic to say it, but it just helps you to feel better. And some people just forget that. Okay, you're sad, go listen to sad music. Go see a sad movie. Go cry. cry <laughs> right. For Christ's sake, cry. And then you come back better. Well, I don't know if it's a proposition of impure Vilamina, <laughs> but as I said before... <laughs> I think a lot of people use our music in a cathartic way, and it helped them to feel better. And, and well, I think it's good. It's the things to do. Oh yeah, are you guys planning any sort of uh, live stream events or anything online, or you got actual tours lined up yet, or shows, anything? Uh, we didn't plan something like this. We had some shows in June, but they are postponed. Maybe we'll play in Switzerland in. September, October, but we didn't have to, we didn't, didn't prepare something and something, uh, and streaming and so on. So no, on. no, that, we, that's, maybe, we're not, maybe not ready to, to that. We like the old-fashioned, <laughs> go on stage, play music, get drunk for those who drink alcohol, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, this is cathartic for us to go on stage. You, you know that. Every, oh, sure. Every musician say that, yeah, and, well, I must say, I, I play music for, for the line, and I'm, I'm really, really happy that we're going to play again on stage in September, October, yeah. first in, in Switzerland, and we hope afterward in France and Germany. We, we are touring in Europe, France, Germany, Italy, mm-hmm. Great Britain, that, that's where we go, Something, sometimes in East Europe, but it's brand new for us. What's, that's why we do music. What's mm-hmm. the uh, metal scene like in Switzerland? I mean, I know some males from there, right? So, however you pronounce it. Some the, you, which band you say? Some male or some... Yeah, Samael, well, you know, but there are some, some famous bands from Switzerland, like Celtic Frost, uh, Coronel, Samael, the Young Gods. These are the, uh, these are the dinosaurs, I can say, from yeah. Switzerland. 
is there uh, a is there an underground scene at all? I mean, a decent yeah, scene. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, in Geneva, there's a band called Knut. I don't know if you know them. Knut, they were signed on Hydrohead Records. Mm-hmm. They were active in the. Um, they started like us in the '90s, and they and they, they were active for 20 years. Now they they split. Now they, they are no more. But it was a great band. Yeah. And in Geneva, there is no Stromo. You know them, maybe. It's a something very technical, very grindcore, but technical. Right. Uh, it's a very great band. Yeah, yeah. Great. They're, they're, they're still playing. They, they had a they stopped for maybe I don't know ten years, ten years. They restart again. Uh, I don't know, five years. Five years. Okay. They, they start in the nineties, like us. Then they stopped, and then and now they're reborn again. Yeah. Then album will be released. Yeah. yeah. So what? That's These awesome. These are the bands in Geneva who are active. There are a lot of a lot of other bands, of course, but there right, is right. quite a good scene in Geneva. Yeah. So there are places for you guys to get out and play locally before everything else opens up. Yeah, of course, but but. We were quite lucky with this situation because uh, we didn't plan any show in uh, the last year because we were recording. So for us, it's now that it becomes to be tough because uh, all the, we try now to book shows, but it's still not uh, the right moment. And all the tours of other bands were postponed. So everything is already booked for the next year for, for right. us. We're trying now to... To find, we are trying to find our place in this in all this mess, but it's difficult. It's yeah. everyone's struggling <laughs> to do the same thing, find their place in this nonsense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any? Did I miss anything that you guys want to cover? Uh, we're sorry for our bad English. <laughs> no, that's no problem at all. I appreciate you taking the time. I really love the record. And it, uh, I you. find it cathartic as well. It's great to just sit and listen to you straight through and, and kind of just yeah, be yeah. in the moment. Thank you, Bruce. Yeah. I don't, thank you. I don't think, and it, this is not in a bad thing at all, but I don't think it's the record you put on in your car while you're driving. I think for me, at least, it's the record I sit in my living room with a nice beer or a bourbon and listen to straight through. Does that make sense? Oh, okay. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because my if, wife will be okay with what you're saying. Bourbon and listen to Pure Vilanda. She loved that. It flows very well, and I, I mean, I guess there's some, a lot of thought put into the sequencing, right, and how it goes together. Yeah, yeah, of course. Right? The, the first song, and then all the sequence. We really were. Yeah, it was well. We really think about that, how yeah. to do a song, to have a narration, you know, really an album, not only songs, uh, one after the other, just yeah. a whole a whole album. Narration. And, we, and we, we didn't want filler in the album. Yes. So there is a few songs that we put out of the album because they were not, uh, well, they were good on the set, but, but no, they were not quite, it's not a question of well-played or, or well-composed, but most of the... The, the, the mood. The mood, yeah, the mood of the album. They were out of the mood. Yeah, right. Good. Out of the mood. So uh, there's some more. Maybe we're going to publish them later as, uh, I don't know, singers or something like that. I think, and I'm a, little, I'm a little old school and probably a little older, some of those older guys you were talking about, but I think there's a, a lost art in the sequencing because people release, like, one song now, and, and there's no thought to the... Like, in the old days, and... I hate to say that, but in the old days, you know, you went to the record store and you bought an album and you listened to it start to finish just yeah. the way the artist intended it to be listened to. And it had a different meaning to it. It was a, 
it was an experience rather than putting downloading one song and listening to it in your car. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah of course. Uh, when I was younger, I was listening to albums. You're right. And I think, yeah, if, uh, I buy some album, I listen to it. And the single was not really, I was never into this because when you listen to metal, for the single, it was always for pop music or something like this. Yes. Of course, I have this. Uh, for me, it's, uh, the, the important thing is the album. Yeah. You it's, you know, how it. the artist wanted you to feel the emotion and bring it up here and bring it down yeah. there. And there's a whole thing you can play with in the sequencing and mm. it's gone. Yeah, yeah, of course. Now with streaming and so on, uh, the young generation is different. They, yeah. they have a different approach to listen to music, of course. It's yeah. very, very we are, we, are, we, are, we are old school in that way. Yeah, and if I appreciate it. Seven Sons of the Seven Sons, you know about this album. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, this album, yeah. There is something. You can't just listen to one song of this album. No. This makes no sense. And I must say, with Impure Mila we try to build a story with our album. This is it. Yeah. And just as a fan, I will tell you it works because that's what I was saying. It's perfect to sit down and listen to, you know, with a drink and listen to it uninterrupted for, you know, however long it is. I don't know what it is, 40 minutes or something. And it's, yeah, it's fantastic. It's, it's, uh, yeah. yeah, so oh. I, I think uh, you succeeded there for sure. Oh, but that's Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you rock, my friends. Thank you so much. <laughs> I Thank appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks for taking the time. Good luck with the record, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Right. Be well. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to Something About the Beatles, now at Evergreen and wherever you get your podcasts.